everyone, welcome to week two, right? Week two. <laughs> it's been a while since we've Shoo. done this. Dylan and I got kind of busy for a little bit. Um, so yeah, this is week two of Instrumental April. And we're talking about uh, Rodrigo and Gabriela, 11-11 this week. So let's get into it. Week two, baby. Week two and a half. Yeah, like you mentioned, it's <laughs> <laughs> it's been about ten days since we recorded, so it feels yeah. like it's been much longer. Yeah, it feels like a while. I haven't seen your your beautiful mustache in a while. Um, <laughs> I'll kiss you right now, <laughs> <laughs> please. Plus, uh, we're listening to like sexy albums. Yeah, like super sexy albums. Um, speaking of, this week we're doing Rodrigo y Gabriela, eleven uh, eleven. Uh, this is a, a. It came out two thousand nine. Uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Uh, and this is an album that both my younger brother and I wore out, man. Like, we listen to this shit constantly. Like, this is when I really started to get into instrumental music and, like, world music and really kind of exploring, like, different types of uh, musical genres than I had before. Like, I'd been pretty much straight metal and rock up to this point. And, you know, after I left college and was, you know growing into a, a young man uh, the, I, I started to try to really expand my musical horizons in a, in a great way and Rodrigo y Gabriela was a huge part of that and this 11-11 album was an, also a huge part of that um, I'm just going to call him Roddy Gabs for the, <laughs> for the rest of the episode more than likely I really like it when you, you get your professional uh, Spanish speaking uh, Rodrigo y Gabriela, Gabriela. <laughs> I'm probably going to be made fun Por of seré. for that Por ti seré <laughs> I only know how to speak Spanish because of La Bamba. My Spanish teacher had us sing La Bamba in Spanish. <laughs> so I took three years of Spanish, and all I know is how to sing La Bamba in Spanish. La Bamba. That? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> um, yeah. All right. Well. Hey, I got a quick question for sure, you. what's up? Why is it not Gabriela E. Rodrigo? Uh, you know what? It's You're, you're, you're on to something. You know? They, they've been together. They were a couple for a long time. You know? Time, times were different back then. Mm-hmm. You know? Because Rodrigo is the lead guitarist and Gabriela is the rhythm slash. There, there's not one without fire. the other, though. That's true. That's true. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I guess you can call him whatever the fuck you want, Dylan. I'm going to go Gabriela E. Rodrigo. <laughs> Gab- Gabby Rod? Gabby Rod. Uh, so, yeah, Roddy Gabs, uh, they're my favorite. They might be my favorite instrumental act uh, ever. Um, like I, like I mentioned before, they they've dated for a long, long time. They're they're split up now, but they're still making music together, which I think is really cool because when you listen to them, you can tell they've been playing together for a very, very long time. It's almost it almost you'd almost be tricked into thinking that it's the same person laying down two different guitar tracks, and because they do sound their their playing style meshes so well together. Um, they're from Mexico City, um, and they grew up loving Metallica to the point where on their first I think their I think it's their first album they did a cover of Orion. Which is one of the like my favorite instrumentals ever um, from Metallica. So yeah, man, it's it's flamenco guitar. Like that's what it is. It, 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 and you might think that might get boring over the course of forty five minutes, but for me, it doesn't. And I think it's the way that they play together. It's it's, it's the way Gabriella plays 
her her guitar is so it's so interesting and so really difficult like technically difficult uh you, you know you'll listen to rodrigo play his leads and you're like that ah, that sounds awesome but then when you watch gabriella play like when she's playing those like when she's strumming and also playing the drums at the same she's basically playing two instruments on one instrument it's crazy um so yeah, it never gets boring for me. Um, but yeah, I'll let you go into a little bit, and then I'll talk about what the album is about here. Yeah, I've got I've got some facts. Yeah, let's go. Um, in 2010, Gabriela E. Rodrigo were invited <laughs> by President Obama to perform at a reception he hosted for the President and the First Lady of Mexico. That's kind of dope. If if you got if President Obama's paying attention, yeah, you know you're doing something right. You can see him and uh, what the fuck's his wife name, Michelle doing a little salsa dance to mm-hmm. listen to Rowdy Gabs. They also contributed to the musical soundtracks of Puss in Boots from 2011. Yeah. Because uh, this kind of reminds me of Puss in Boots. <laughs> <laughs> they were, they were like, really hot for a minute. Like, yeah. they were kind of in the social consciousness for, like, a super hot minute. So that's kind of cool. And also Pirates of the Caribbean on mm-hmm. Stranger Tides with Hans Zimmer in the same year. Yeah. That's big for two people playing acoustic guitar. Yeah, man, it's 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 one of those things where they just kind of hit it big, like just they they hit the right time. They weren't during the Latin, the Latin invasion of the late '90s, but I think people were just kind of looking for something like this at the time, uh, and they just kind of you know right place, right time kind of thing. So, I think that's kind of how I found them too. I don't know, remember exactly how I found them, but I'm glad I did. So, uh, any more factoids? Nope. I like that. I, I like that you become the fact guy because I almost don't even look up facts anymore because I know you're going to come with it. Yeah, when I when I listen to an album the first couple times, I'm like, I don't want to look up lyrics. Obviously, we can't now, but. It's a lot more fun just to find out little things to make the album make more sense. I agree. I think it's more interesting. I mean, yeah, you can break down lyrical content, but it's more interesting to me to kind of figure out what they were going through at the time they were writing the album because that kind of informs everything. Uh, that's how you you look at like classical music the same way. Like knowing more about the composer's personal life and about what they were going through at the time like lends us a little bit more sadness or joy or like, you know, satire to whatever they're writing whereas it's just a beautiful piece without that but if you get if you know what that artist is going through at the time it makes it a little bit more interesting um but yeah so 1111 is named very intentionally there's 11 tracks on this album and each track is a concept slash tribute to a different artist uh so it, it, it again much like i was just talking about you can listen to this all the way through front to back and not know that and really enjoy it that's the way i listened to it for you know 10 years uh, I didn't really know this was a tribute album until this listen, like this week listening to it. And uh, I may have known it at one point, but I'd forgotten. And when I, once I rediscovered that, that made it really, really cool to listen back and uh, kind of hear the different influences of each artist. Now, a lot of them I don't know, but some of them I do. You can tell, now that you say that about Metallica, there is a very special metallic song. Yeah, man. They, 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 a lot of the way they play sounds very Kirk Hammett-ish. Like mm-hmm. they, you can tell they loved listening to Metallica. Yeah, and I don't know if you want to get into opening thoughts yet or... um, That was my opening thoughts. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, I was very interested because you showed me a YouTube video and it was overwhelming to watch these two just... If nothing else, watch them on YouTube. We'll add a couple clips in the show notes. Yeah, they just dude. It's entertaining to watch two people with acoustic guitars. And I think the last time I was that entertained was like a Dave Matthews when him and another guy went on tour together. Yeah. Just did acoustic stuff. And it's just like 
the thing people can the things people can do with two guitars is just insane. Yeah, I mean to fill a room too, like full of screaming people. Like it wasn't a huge room. Like it was George Lopez show, I think is what they were on. Mm-hmm. Ben actually sent the video. He'll be mad if we don't correct that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you sent it, not Ben. Yeah, no, Ben sent it. <laughs> no, no, we I don't acknowledge it. Ben. That's Carter. right. That's right. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Fuck that guy again. Um, but yeah, no. So I, when I sent you that video. Uh, <laughs> it's, it is really impressive. I think watching them play makes listening to them even more exciting because yeah, you can listen to it. It's like, Oh, this is just flamenco guitar. But when you see how they play together, it's really, really cool. And they're stoic. Like they yeah. don't, there's no facial expressions. They're just like, they're in it. They do like headbang and shit though. Mm-hmm. So they, I mean, they get into it, but, and like Rodrigo gets like a big, like metal player, metal guitar player lean on. Like he's, he's got like a, like a 10 foot wide stance. It's, it's awesome. Um, but yeah, so without further ado, let's hop right in. What let's do you do think? Um, or unless you weren't done with opening. No, that was all I had. Cool. You want to start with uh, Hanuman? Yeah. Uh, I want to, I want to, I want to do a forward before we start. I apologize to everyone for <laughs> yeah. phoning it in last week or I did, I felt like I could have done better. So this week I went lighter on the notes. I'm going to go more <laughs> conversational. I'm not going to oh, read my notes. Okay. See, this is coming from a comment that I made to Dill directly. After no, I, after you said it, I listened and I was like, oh, Dylan, be better. It was just, it was one song, I think. It was uh, Love Trip. I, I just went too wordy on my notes. It's okay. Um, so this time I'm going to be better. You're going to get a better version of Dylan this week. Well, well I'm glad, Dylan, you've done some self-reflection, and uh, hopefully it pays off here in Hanuman. I'm going to this be- week we are doing Gabriella <laughs> e- <right> here. <laughs> uh, so Hanuman, am I saying that right? I'm assuming so. There's like 14 different languages in these 11 songs. So, What a fun intro for a song. Mm-hmm. There's a music video with this where they have huge speakers, and they're out in the desert, and it's like... It's a really cool music video, um, but not much to it, but it's also very entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, I instantly want tequila neat, and I want to salsa dance with a pretty girl. That's yeah. what the song makes me want to do. Yeah, man. Um, there's an acoustic car, uh, guitar breakdown in this song, which is fucking insane, <laughs> that you can like feel that. It's like... Dum, 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 dum. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's at minute two. It leads right into like the crazy guitar solo, and you're... Like we want out of most of our intros, it gives you a really big snapshot of what you're going to listen to on this album. Exactly. Um, and I've really never heard anything quite like this. I'm, I'm not a huge flamenco guy. I've I've heard like Spanish music. Everybody's heard it. Everybody's familiar with it. But but to hear something this professionally done is mm-hmm. is pretty impressive. Yeah, man. Uh, so this track is uh, dedicated to slash inspired by Carlos Santana. Um, which immediately makes sense once you know that. Uh, they just say, you know, it wastes no time getting you that fl- that classic flamenco guitar vibe. Uh, it's immediately recognized. Again, everybody's heard it before, right? But they they've never really sat down to listen to it. Probably, like they've seen it on TV shows or like dancing competitions or whatever. Um, but yeah, so it feels very much like a Santana track with, it's like, it got his very unique pacing and it's very, it's a silky, silky smooth track. Uh, and, um, uh, it's apparent right from the jump. Like I said earlier, like they, they, they played together forever. Um, there's, there's almost no flaw, uh, no flaws in the way they sound together. It, like I said, it almost feels like one entity with like four hands, you know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's just really, really, really impressive the way they sound together. And I think what you're talking about with that breakdown, that sounds so good because they are so in sync. We've talked about that, you know, on the last few weeks. It's like just being in sync makes everything sound so much better. Um, 
But yeah, man, I, I really, really dig this track. It's a great opener. Like I said, it wastes no time. Like the, you're listening to a flamenco album, get used to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, then moving right into Buster Voodoo, which is immediately my favorite track on the album. It, it, it's, it's rare. I don't think on, on any of these albums, my favorite track is coming like the first half of the album. So it's somewhere in the back. Um, but yeah, this is this is easily my favorite song on the album. Um, it's Jimi Hendrix inspired, which makes a lot of sense. I grew up li- loving Jimi Hendrix. Um, the main riff that they play is from Voodoo Child or like a uh, like a so what I'm looking for uh, twisting around of Voodoo Child. And they do actually kind of play it later on with a little bit of a wah pedal. Uh, and it's just. Yeah, it's Voodoo Child played by two Mexican maestros is what I wrote. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's nice and chunky. Um and it has a relaxed feel to it for the first few minutes. Um, but yeah, then at 125, that shit fucking goes off, man. It, it, it's like, that was my ringtone for, I don't know, five, six years. <laughs> <laughs> that little that little switch at 125, and that just said I had fucking drives me crazy. It's so much different from the rest of the song. It's like the tempo almost doubles. And it's just a really, really pleasing like chord progression. I'm sure there's some musical theory out there behind why that sounds so good. I don't know anything about. I mean, I know about musical theory, but I don't know musical theory at all. Uh, but I'm, it just it's so so pleasing to listen to. There's something about like all these a lot of these songs. The reason they work so well, even when they're a little bit longer, is that like they do change tempo halfway mm-hmm. through, or there's like two key changes or tempo changes, and it's like. Whoa! (laughs) Is this the same song? Yeah, and uh, yeah, that keeps it interesting. Yeah, it's like getting a little ball tickle right in the middle, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Keeping it, (laughs) keeping it spicy. Keeping it spicy. (laughs) But yeah, that flip is so clean and it's so unexpected, and you know, it's just it's it fucking rips, man. That's the only way I can describe. Like it gets me hype every single time. I I've heard it a million times, but it's just such a clean but so unexpected flip to do that and make it work is, is really masterful. And Buster Voodoo has a, has a strong place in my heart. Um, maybe like top 10, maybe even top five, like instrumentals of all time for me. Would you put it in your top 100 of all time songs? Songs? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, if I had to pick one Roddy Gab's track to listen to, it'd probably be Buster Voodoo. Um, yeah, maybe Diablo Rojo from their first album. But yeah, it's it's one of those two. But yeah, it's it, they're they're both both incredible. Uh, so yeah, uh, what do you got to say about old Buster Voodoo? The guitar intro, dude, reminds yeah. me of a Dave Matthews intro. <laughs> is that is that mean? I don't want to. I be... mean, it's a bit disrespectful if you ask me. <laughs> <laughs> but I, but I personally hate Dave Matthews. Okay. So if, if that's what it reminds you of, that's fine. But that's just me speaking. I was. I was the typical freshman in college who listened to Dave Matthews mm-hmm. and never listened to him again. Sure. So I mean, I listened to OAR, so who am I to talk? You I know mean, what I mean? So it's the same they shit. They tour together. So. Yeah, right. They're the same fucking band, but I just, for some reason, hate Dave Matthews. That was the Spider-Man meme pointing at <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I, I fully understand my bias is stupid. <laughs> but uh, I, I listened to a lot of the live Dave Matthews albums back 10 years ago, and... Um, I don't mean that in a bad way. I, I thought it was a really no, no, no. Cool I, yeah, I'm just giving you shit. <laughs> but this is the first time the the tapping of the the guitar almost felt like a metronome mm-hmm. or like a drum, and I really liked that because 
that's not something you really hear a whole lot in music, especially like modern rock music and stuff that we've been covering for the most part. And like you said, it turns groovy, (laughs) especially around uh, the 2.30 to 2.45 mark. Mm Mm-hmm. It just changes directions completely yet again and sails off into into the rest of the song. And I, uh, Buster Voodoo was a fucking wild ride of a song. Yeah, man. And there's there's a couple other songs that are good, but this is the best example of them. Yeah, I, I, like I said, easily top 100 songs ever, probably top five instrumentals ever, at least that I've listened to. So it's uh, it's great. Uh, so yeah, let's on to Treveni. What you got for that? I'm glad you said it. Treveni. I, th- I think it's Treveni. I, I, I could be completely T R I V I V E N I. We're back. We're back to the the Latin Spanish roots here in this song. Treveni. I'm gonna just say it as obnoxious as I can. Treveni. 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 The rhythm in this song is out of fucking control. Mm-hmm. It's so sexy. And this is a good example of what I when me and Kevin were saying sexy. It feels this feels sexy the way Minnie Ripper felt sexy last week. Yes. Um, at minute mark one oh five, it made me feel like I was about to be in the running of the bulls. <laughs> Shows how much I know about Latin culture. I'm just saying all the things that I know. Tequila. They like bull right? They like stabbing bulls in arenas. I felt like I was in the about to be in the running of the bulls. Then it mellows out at one thirty mm-hmm. and it and it feels like you're like sitting around with beers like shit that was crazy i can't believe we didn't get killed by bulls and uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then there's a little a little tap solo with some picking uh, yeah. that i wish i could listen to all day and it kind of makes you think like all right guys we're going to do the running of the bulls again next year <laughs> I love how committed to this bit you are <laughs> So anyway, running the bulls is all I had for that song. <laughs> oh, Pamplona. Um, so yeah, this is this is we're getting to a stretch of the album now where I don't really know any of these people that they're referencing. Um, I'm gonna fuck this name up, but it's Letrio Jubran, J O U B R A N. Um, I, I did a, I listened to a little bit of them on YouTube. It seems like they're like almost traditional Arabic music. Um, Arabic? But yeah, so um, I forget where they're actually from. But it's somewhere in the Middle East, and they do kind of like a very uh, here we go song or word of the show ethereal kind of uh, Middle Eastern type music. Uh, but it's it's but this this doesn't sound anything like that to me. There might be some song that I don't know that they're referencing here. Um, but for me, I had very much the kind of same feeling that you did. Not necessarily the running of the bulls, but I felt like I was in the middle. Um, of like a town square in a hot summer night in Spain, like watching people far more skilled than me dance, you know, just kind of like a cool little festival or just a, you know, just a normal Saturday or not a normal Saturday. I'm being so, <laughs> so stereotypical right now, but a normal Saturday, you know, and El Rancho all, Grande. all those Spaniards, they love their dancing. Um, but, <laughs> but it feels very, it, like it immediately dropped me into like a little Spanish, like, 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 uh, like just a Spanish square. You, you can picture it, picture it, stone everywhere, people dancing, having a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of, I, I, it made me feel like a fish out of water and I was just enjoying the spectacle. And that's, that's really cool when a, you know, a song can kind of transplant you like that did. Uh, so are you done with, uh, Travani? Travani. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we'll move on to Logos. Uh, this track is dedicated to Al Dimiola. I believe I said that correct. 
uh, you know, a little bit of research into this guy. He's kind of he's a guitar virtuoso, but he plays much in this way that Steve Vai does. And if you're not familiar with Steve Vai, um, he he plays his guitar, but he also has like a band accompaniment behind him, which is really kind of cool because it's very chill and relaxed and. It's just it just gives them a lot more room to breathe and kind of mess around with the guitar and kind of play around and do really cool shit. Uh, it's it, this guy Aldi Miola is more jazz fusion than he is like just a virtuosic like Steve Vai, but still very cool, still kind of very similar like toned down like mid to low tempo stuff. And that's what this song is as well. Uh, it's it's very understated and beautiful, which makes sense with the way that, you know the guy they're they're uh, making tribute to here. Uh, there's a guest here, I think, on this one to play electrical guitar, ele- electrical, <laughs> electric guitar. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, uh, but yeah, it's 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 just again, it's a cool little palate cleanser uh, after the first few tracks here. And uh, it's just, I can hear this being played in like the classiest of bistros, you know what I mean? Kind of like a little side cafe on the side of a road, just kind of everybody enjoying their, their very tiny meals and their very tiny cups of coffee. And uh, yeah, just kind of vibe into this. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the slowest tempo we've encountered so far and it doesn't even really sound like them, which I guess Mm -hmm. is kind of the point. Yeah. I think that's the point. every, Every song is an homage. You know, I really like the the big electric guitars because it was unexpected. You're like, what? <laughs> There's outlets here? <laughs> Someone had an amp to plug in? <laughs> I imagined this out in the desert. I didn't I didn't expect this like sultry song to come in, yeah. but uh, it was a night like you said, it's a palate cleanser. We're only at track four. Yeah, only track four. You gotta get that little, you know. There's another palate cleanser. Keep it clean. Yeah, there's a couple here. Um, So you you saying that there's an outlet reminded me of uh, Metalocalypse, where they're like, I think it's episode four of the first season where they awake a troll and they have to play acoustic music, and they're like, oh, we don't want to play these grandpa's guitars. (laughs) It's just fucking, it kills me, dude. That's a pretty good impersonation. (laughs) Yeah, it was like a mix of Toki and uh, Squizgar. But yeah, we, you know, g- generally Scandinavian accent there. Uh, so yeah. And they just add a bunch of S's to everything. Yeah. Like Squirrely Dan. Uh, That's right. <laughs> so track five, Santo, Dom- Santo Domingo. Yes, you can read that. that. I know, but it just sounds so Santo Domingo. <laughs> Santo Domingo. Yeah. Santo so, Domingo. Anything that could be remotely Spanish, I'm going to let you say it because it sounds so much sexier. <laughs> I sound as Southwest Ohioan as I could. We're going down to Santo Domingo here. <laughs> you got you got to go try out the tequila out in Santo <laughs> Domingo. Try out the tequila and them quesadillas. It'll get you messed up. <laughs> this is so racist right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's why I said don't let this guy from Southwest Ohio that's not good at Spanish. <laughs> Say let's, Santo Domingo. Let's get into this song here. Uh, they almost this. They almost lulled me to sleep in the last one. Yeah, sure. But they they kicked the shit back up mm-hmm. with Santo Santo Domingo. God, I I hate the way I say it. Just say it. it you sound fine. I get almost Western vibes. There's like twangy guitars sure. in this in this song. And at uh, one thirty, they <clears throat> whatever they did with the guitar here fucking blows my mind. Mm-hmm. I I honestly don't know what it is. I listened back a few times and I was like. All right. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna understand. <laughs> it's, I I wrote down what it sounds like. Boom, chicka chicka chicka, <laughs> and it had my jaw to the floor. Sure. Uh, but yeah, that that part I listened to at least three or four times because I it, 
any uh, the good thing about a palate cleanser is the next song is going to be amazing no matter what. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I think that's why they are kind of interspersed like the way they are here because, you know, if you're just full on the gas all the time with especially with flamenco guitar, it can start to sound all the same. So, having these little palate cleansers um as I think there's maybe two or th- two on an 11 track album is pretty is a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh so I think it's very purposeful and I think that I think it's exactly why because you know you can listen to multiple you know you listen to five six seven eight very fast flamenco-esque guitar songs you're gonna be like all right fuck I get it yeah we like we're trying to avoid what we you and I usually get around track 11 it's like all right I get it yeah you know and I think that I think it's really smart the way they built this album um but yeah so Santo Domingo uh is it's one of those tracks I think of when I think of Roddy Gaps you know it's such a groovy pocket that Gabriella sets up with uh so perfectly while and Rodrigo like wraps himself around that kind of rhythm section that she sets up I just so, so well again they they almost sound like one entity when they play together and it's just it's such a joy to listen to um this this track is dedicated to uh, i think it's michelle camilo or michael camilo i don't know i it's I, I may have just written it down wrong i don't have the a in michael so i did the pronounce like the possibly french pronunciation i don't think that's true because he's from santo domingo so it's probably not french um <laughs> Uh, he's known for his Latin jazz, uh, and he happens to be from Santo Domingo. Uh, and, you know, if the last track was for a classy bistro, this one's for that Latin jazz club afterwards to drink, dance and drink the night away. You know, kind of like a steamy, steamy Latin club, you know, and you're just going there to have a fucking blast. You know, you know, you might be there to hook up, but you're really there to just fucking get drunk and dance. And that's, you know, that's what this, that's what this song makes me think. And that's what, you know, I, you know, I wrote, it makes me feel like, it makes me wish I wasn't so goddamn white. <laughs> really? The whole theme of Santo Domingo yeah. is, damn it, I wish I was less white. Fuck, I'm white. I can't dance to this. Are you kidding me? I can't. It's, again, it's it's back to a couple tracks where I was on the sidelines watching, but now I feel bad about it. Yeah, I'm not, it's, it's not enjoyable. It's like fuck, man. Why can't I do this? Like these people are just born with rhythm, and I just I can't do it. Uh, so yeah, next is Master Maki, I believe is how that's pronounced. Uh, it's, this track is dedicated to Paco de Lucia, uh, who's well known for his. Uh, he's he's the first like true flamenco virtuoso we've got on the album as far as like a tribute and this is like the first true like full-on flamenco track and it's so goddamn tasty man you know if i could go back uh to when i was learning guitar you know all those years ago i I would learn how to play flamenco guitar because listening to a pure flamenco like virtuosic performance it's so cool man it's 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 got so much soul and rhythm and it just it get it to be able to play it, you have to be able. That's like you have to be pretty fucking cool. You know what I mean? You have to understand like these rhythmic concepts and this kind of Latin soul and this Latin rhythm. And uh, it's it's so deeply connected with that Hispanic culture that it, it transports you again immediately to kind of some kind of like Spanish village where people are just fucking jamming out and having a good time. And you know. I, I could listen to this shit all day. This is this is this is why I, I think I was initially drawn to Roddy Gabs is like their flamenco playing is actually out of control, out of control, good, and then they kind of mix in elements of jazz, metal, you know, all different kinds of shit to make this really unique sound to them. And uh, yeah, I could listen to this shit all day. I love it. Uh, you know, I love just listening to pure flamenco. It's master class, dude. Um, the slaps with the ability to play like harmonized flamenco is just. 
I, I, I get why you guys rocked this album for many, many years. Yeah. It just, it's, it's beautiful. And the only critique I really have for the song is that it could be probably two minutes shorter. Sure. It is a very long track. It's five minutes long. Mm-hmm. So I think if it was a three minute song, it'd be like damn near perfect. But yeah, this is like the first song on the album I was like, ah, maybe this is a little too long. I remember thinking to myself when I first, when I was doing my notes, I was like, ah, Dylan, this is probably where Dylan's gonna be like, ah, these songs are going a little too long. Cause they do start to get a little longer here. Um, and this one kind of has a little bit of a lull. Uh, where you can kind of just cut that out and keep the energy up. and I, So I get that. But still, like you said, this is the first time I heard a, a true flamenco guitar. Up until this point, we've had a bunch of different influences and stuff, and this song just like, boo, just ended the stratosphere, man. Yeah, it's great. Uh, the next one is... You got it. Savitri. You got it. Easy enough. <laughs> this is a pretty straightforward song that we've heard so far on the album. At, at least that's how I feel. Um that is until minute 120 when the sound sort of drowns and fades out and comes back almost like it's ready to fight. Mm-hmm. And that's where the song really kicks in for me. And I really enjoyed the song. It was worth the wait until 120. But up until the point, I was like, okay, yeah, we've, I've heard this song before. Yeah, sure. And then, yeah, once once it starts drowning out, and it does it a couple times on this album where it like almost feels like the song goes underwater and comes back out. Yes. And, uh, yeah, I I was ready to... I was up air punching. Yeah, Hanuman does that really well. Actually, now I think about the first track, does that kind of like very like muted on like underwater feel, and then it pops back up and like mm-hmm. kind of punches you in the face. Um, were you finished? I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, okay, so yeah, this is dedicated to Shakti. I believe it's how it's uh, pronounced. S H A K T I. So I think it's Shakti, um, an Indian jazz fusion act, and it feels. It, I, I agree with you. It feels very standard Roddy Gabs up until about the halfway point where they do this really, really cool thing where they have the sound effect of a door opening and it's almost like they're walking through like a performance of Shakti because then it becomes very kind of Indian influenced and it's so fucking clever the way they did that. They're like, we're going to do a Roddy Gab song, but then we're going to kind of walk through this life of Shakti and kind of just jam their shit out for a minute here. And then mm-hmm. because when they fade it back out and they like, you can hear them opening the door and shutting it again. And it's back into that classic Roddy Gap sound. And it's just, it's so, so interesting, like such a cool, smart way to keep your attention. And like, I really honestly, because they're like, how the fuck are we going to play Indian jazz with flamenco? They don't really jibe different instruments. And I think that's a really creative way to do it. And just to kind of be like, oh, hey, just passing through. This fucking kicks ass. All right, see you later. <laughs> um, so I, I really, really, really cool um, recording technique there. And yeah, I just, I really, really, this, I, I wasn't expecting much from this song because it's kind of a mid in the middle of the album to the lead album song. And uh, yeah, it just, it's really, really creative song construction here. Uh, this probably isn't a song that they play live because you know, you, you lose the effect. You, I mean, <laughs> you could do like a cool, like stage performance. Like, Hey, just have like a, you know, an Indian jazz fusion place. People in the background, just kind of on a uh, conveyor belt and then they pass by and then you're done. <laughs> if you have a big projector screen, you can just have like a simulation of a door closing yeah, yeah. or opening. Yeah, that's but. true. That's true. Uh, yeah, but yeah, really, really cool song. Um, so next or a zero or a zero. I don't know. Um, we're going to go with Aura Zero. I just do the American pronunciation of it. It's by Astor Piazzola, I believe is how you say that. Um, again, I'm probably butchering that pronunciation, but um, he's the inspo for this track. Uh, and he 
he's known for revolutionizing modern tango um, and Argentine tango specifically, which is a, you know, a very specific type of tango. If you're not familiar with tango, I used to watch like all those dancing shows all the time. So I know Argentine tango is different from regular tango. There's a lot of like kicks and flicks and with your feet and shit. And it's really fucking cool. It's honestly one of my favorite dances to watch that maybe ever. Um, but that makes a lot of sense here. Um, it's a very, it's very staccato and I could very vividly see a sultry tango in a dimly lit room with one spotlight on two dancers as they like fling each other around and kick kick their legs around each other. And it's just, it's just so, so good, man. I love this kind of like very, very pure, uh, tango music here. And, uh, it's masculine and macho also giving the woman her fair share as well. Uh, it's an, it's, it's amazing. And this track kind of captured the spirit of Argentine tango so well. Uh, yeah. And it's really all I have to say, like, you know, for me having, you know, having seen that kind of style of dance before, you know, it makes it a little bit more easy for me to kind of enjoy this track than it might be for someone. Like, I don't know if you've seen it before, but I'd like to see Julianne Huff do it. Yeah. I'm sure she has. I'm sure she's done an Argentine tango before on, uh, what is it? Dancing with the stars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm sure she's done one before. So yeah, I, I, I had no idea. Uh, you're giving me a lot of cool tidbits in this album, Kevin. <laughs> you say I'm the tidbit guy. You are spewing them. Oh, hey, man, I gotta, you know, I gotta meet you some t- somewhere. <laughs> uh, minute one forty five was when I really started paying attention to this mm. song, and um, just because it com- it completely changes direction, it almost like turns into the Who for a second, <laughs> like with sure. the guitars, uh, like where they have the big instrumentals in between, like. Um, you know what I'm talking about with yes. the who, yes. but uh, but it builds right back into like a hyper speed song, and the song resets again into like almost flamenco again at uh, 3:45, which leads me into my next point. This is another five minute song. Yep, sure is. But this one I think is a, a, a lot more palatable. Yeah, I was gonna say that exact word. It's it's much more palatable in its length. Um, just because there is so many diversions that it doesn't like by the time the song is over, you're like, Oh, that was the same song. Okay. Yeah. 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 That can, that can be a five minute song. I'm glad you cut in there. Cause I was going to make a penis joke. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad, I'm glad you keep keeping it PG this week. <laughs> so here you go. Um, you got the, the I got Jacques Moule. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I, I think it's, it's Jacques Moule or Chalk Moule. I don't know. C-A-H-C-M-O-O-L. You pronounce that. Uh, this is almost like an interlude. This yes. song is our, our second palate cleanser, and it helps us reset with some slow sounds. And uh, they make like sounds with a guitar that almost sound like rattlesnakes, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, and it blends perfectly into track 10. Yeah. I meant to say that earlier. The song that almost felt like an interlude earlier, when it's like it slows down and then it like builds right back into the yeah, next yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. The end of this track is the beginning of the next. I always yeah. love that shit. Uh, we're sorry. We finished. Yeah. It's okay. Sorry. I need to stop asking that and just fucking talk. No, you're good. <laughs> so yeah, this is uh, you're. I think you're right on track with that. This is uh, this is dedicated to Jorge Reyes, who is an ambient electronic electronic producer from Mexico. Um, so right in their own backyard, they probably like made music with this guy or listened to this guy as they were making music as well. Um, he's known for mixing traditional Mexican, Mexican sounds into his electronic music. So that makes a whole lot of sense with like the rattlesnake sounds. Um, it feels very much, uh, feels very much like the end of a, you know, an, 
an old Western where there's a lone rider riding off into the Mexican sunset with like a huge Mesa in the background, uh, you know, an entry, endless, endless like Mexican country in front of them. Uh, it's really, really, it's a really cool cool down. Um, but what I, what I want to bring up here is you, this, this is the track on this album where you can really tell that they listen to a lot of Metallica. This, their, their tone and their guitars here really sounds a lot like Kirk Hammett and James Hetfield. And if you know anything about Metallica, you know that, uh, Kirk Hammett especially has a very, very distinctive tone to his playing. Uh, so I think that's very intentional here. I think the, you know, the uh, Metallica likes to open up with ecstasy of gold. Um, so event, I get a very kind of like Western desert, Mexico cowboy kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's pretty intentional that they kind of let their Metallica inspire inspiration show through here as well. Uh, so yeah, moving on. I'm glad I, I didn't plan this, but I'm glad I get to talk about this track. Uh, Atman, is dedicated to Dimebag Daryl from Pantera fame. Yeah. One of my favorite, maybe my favorite guitarist. He's definitely one of my top three metal guitarists of all time. Um, he, so I, I'm so, I was so, so happy when I was doing my research to realize that this song was dedicated to Dimebag Daryl. Um, it's just, he's a legendary lead guitarist for Pantera, uh, like I said, and this has a decidedly heavier feeling than the rest of the album. Uh, and, you know, it should be, you know, that should be table stakes. Honestly, when you're doing a song about <laughs> Dimebag Daryl, it should be pretty fucking heavy. Um, it's got a lot of effects and playing techniques we've not heard until now. Uh, if you ever want to know what acoustic flamenco, flamenco metal sounds like, this is this is the track for you. Uh, it, it would really, and it's different too because you get the electric guitar coming at the end, which is nice. I mean, again, it's an acoustic like flamenco album, but it's really nice to get the electric guitar in there because then you can hear all the really cool, like dime bag, like deep growls that he does. And the, the, like the super high pinch harmonics that he's really known for. And like really cool speed runs that, that dime bag is really, really like that. Those are his signatures, like those deep low growls. And then his pinch harmonics that were just fucking legendary. Uh, so it's, it was a fitting tribute to a man that lives in guitar Valhalla, you know, RIP dime bag, you know, the world misses you. Yeah, this song comes for the fucking throat, dude. Yeah. Uh, it refuses to take a breath. This song is six minutes long, and it does not let off the pedal one time. Um, I love when they go underwater. This is another one yep. of the songs that goes underwater, and they come back louder and just as intense. And I think that's around the time that they add the last third of the song where they add the electric yes. guitar. And I think you said it perfectly. I don't need to really add anything, but... Whew. This song was <laughs> This song was like they realized this was the second to last track and they were like we're swinging for the fences here. Mm-hmm. I I know you're probably tired. I know you d- probably are done recording this album, but holy shit, we got to we got to <laughs> yeah. if we're going to do a tribute for Dimebag Daryl, we're going to we're going to we're going to do it big. Yeah. And this song is just chaos, dude. Yeah. Which which makes sense. I mean, listen to Primal Concrete Sledge by Mountain by Pantera and you'll understand, you know. Chaos makes sense for Dimebag. It, sh- it shouldn't be lost on anyone that has listened to the show that my favorite songs have to be pure chaos. <laughs> I guess that's true, huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess that's uh, one of your themes. Uh, mm-hmm. You like them to be less than two minutes long, and you like them to be chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> I basically like anything that could be pop punk. <laughs> 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 we did just describe pop punk, didn't we? It's like when you didn't... I start describing like what I look for in a woman, and it's like, oh, yeah, you just described 
April Ludgate from Parks and Rec. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Well, oh. no. <laughs> I know what I like, damn it. <laughs> uh, track 11 is 11-11. It is. Can't mess that one up. <laughs> <laughs> I love this song, mm-hmm. dude. It's such a romantic, it's like a romantic song. So before you get into it, can you, if you had to guess an artist this was dedicated to, would you, would you hazard a guess or did you look it up? Mm-mm. Okay. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know. Oh, Pink Floyd. Oh. And it makes a whole lot more sense. Yeah. So, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I felt like this is really what the album had been missing was like, we'd had a lot of peaks and valleys, but this was like something right down the middle. And I think that was perfect because I don't know this. There was a lot of flamenco. There was a lot of slow, but this was like right down the middle. And that's exactly what I wanted out of it. <clears throat> and it was a perfect last song. Um, and then there's a sweet like piano ballad to end the album and it almost is like ah mm-hmm. i caught my breath i'm ready to start this motherfucker <laughs> yeah. over again you know what i mean yeah i've listened to this album like probably 25 times in the last week just because it's so easy to listen to um, and I mean, it really added to the enjoyment like what was i so wore out from listening to this album for like this song's fine <laughs> yeah. it's time to hit shuffle and get yep. knocked off my rocker again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, it was a, it was a great last track, and it was not what I was expecting out of like the penultimate track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So as I as I talked about before, uh, it's dedicated to Pink Floyd, and so it makes a whole lot of this song this song structure makes a whole lot of sense when you know you know Pink Floyd is like one of the quintessential like stoner rock. I mean, they are the stoner rock band. When you think about like uh, you know psychedelic rock from the seventies, you think of Pink Floyd. Uh, so you know. Light one up, kick back, and let the layers of tasty goodness in this closing track kind of whisk you away into musical nirvana. You know, that's that's what listening to Pink Floyd is all about. You know, laying back, closing your eyes, lighting up a dube. Smoking a doobie. <laughs> smoking a doobie, smoking that ganj, and, uh, you know, just letting the music kind of wash over you. And that, this does a really good job of that. It's... Uh, it's I, I, honestly, I like. I put this might be a top three closing track we've ever talked about on the show. It just it's so so good. It, it, it wraps up this kind of it's very fast paced album for the most part. It's 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 a dense album. I think is the most you know appropriate way to kind of describe this album. It's very dense with especially once you bring into it like all of the influences they have. It makes this album feel very tightly packed and very kind of heavy on your your shoulders. Not in a bad way, but there's a lot to unpack here uh, once you really start digging into it. But it brings everything back to an even keel. Uh, it's probably the most divergent of the songs from their own style too. And they they really kind of took on like Pink Floyd's style here. Uh, you know, a lot of people don't get Pink Floyd because they're drawn out and repetitive. But every single pass that in a Pink Floyd song every single repetition adds a new layer. And so if you really kind of listen to that and you can kind of appreciate that, you really understand why Pink Floyd is so held in such high regard. You know, smoking weed's going to make you realize that a little bit easier. But this this song kind of does the same thing. Each pass kind of adds a new layer and it's just really 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 good. Uh and yeah, and I said, you know, Roddy Gabs nailed it. You know, fucking nailed this song. So, you know, like I said, top three closer maybe we've, we've talked about on the oh, show. Oh, easily, easily. So, yeah, I know it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a, a show if I didn't mention Kong Unleashed, so. <laughs> Kong Unleashed is still my favorite. <laughs> it sounds so similar. To... 
I'll never get over that YouTube video. I was so angry. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so let's let's stop in the closing callback to an old episode. So yeah, it is. You know, a, it is. If it you is. really want to get our inside jokes, you got to go back and listen. Was was that the Misfits episode we talked about? That was yeah. the, okay. I didn't know if we talked about it on that album or you just brought it up a week later no. after watching the video. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, I I'm, I uh, ruined your "Are you a true fan?" test. By telling them which episode it's indirectly. <laughs> it might so. be the Misfits. It might be the next one. You got to listen to both to find out. It might be the first episode before we even talked about the Misfits. It was a Jeff Buckley episode. We talked about <laughs> Kong Unleashed on Jeff Buckley for some reason. Uh, so yeah, let's hop into closing thoughts. Uh, Dill, you go first. I just really appreciate you showing me this because this is a whole new world of music that I had never been introduced to. And I, that's why you and I kind of leaned into the instrumental April is because, like we mentioned last week, uh, new metal wore us down a little bit. And mm-hmm. this has kind of brought the life back into us. Yeah, I totally agree. And it's two weeks in a row where we just really appreciate the instrumentation and people that, like, they don't feel the need to say anything. And there's something powerful in that that, like, they can make us feel so much and do this much thinking. We've talked 45 minutes now about an album that has no words in it. And that's, there's something to be said about that. So I really do appreciate you showing me this and I know it meant a lot to you. So I feel like I see into your soul. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's an ominous way to end your closing notes, but uh, you know, whatever. Uh, So yeah, I was like, what to say about this album? Uh, It's, it's a, it's what a wonderful tribute album from two world-class musicians to their idols. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's really interesting to listen to people you admire pay homage to the people that inspired them you know to me it's really cool to listen to that and like i said it's 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 probably my favorite notes listen thus far because i was able to not only unpack this album on its face value but i also feel like i you know got to discover 11 new artists at the same time or at least you know i was i felt like i was doing a little bit of research on a bunch of different artists all at the same time so it was really really interesting it's a more it's a different notes listen than i've ever done before because i felt like Oh shit! Well, if I'm going to talk about this influence, I got to know what kind of music they play. So I had to listen to a song or two here, um, and normally that would wear me out. But I was just I was so interested because I, I love Roddy Gap so much, and you know it is, this this album would definitely make it onto a Desert Island playlist for me, uh, just through their inspirations. You know, you get to take a trip around the world in 45 minutes uh, on one album, and you know all all packed packed in this little flamenco you know uh, bow. But it is it's a trip around the world. I mean, you get. Indian, you get American, you get uh, Spanish, obviously, um, all different types of jazz. You get metal, you get, you know, psycho rock or psychedelic rock. You get everything here. So this would definitely be on a desert album playlist for me. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm thankful. I'm thankful this month kind of uh, reintroduced me to Rowdy Gaps too, because it had been a long time since I actually kind of sat down and listened to him. And it made me remember, you know, why I loved this album so much and why I loved listening to like flamenco guitar and like non-traditional instrumental music. Because, I mean, I still listen to, I listen to and love a lot of classical for a lot of the same reasons you were just talking about. Like it, it's more about the soul of the music. You don't have to say anything in, in classical to really, like I've cried multiple times listening to multiple classical recordings just because there's so much emotion in the instrumentation. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks for picking Instrumental April because it's introducing me to some of my favorite music that I forgot about. Yeah, it it was just one of those 
we were bouncing around ideas for the next theme and it just for some reason it stuck. I think and it's because I I know I love instrumental music. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's talk about instrumentals, dude. <laughs> I'm just dipping my toes into it. Yeah. So it's it's cool to have t- we always have two different perspectives yeah. out of one thing. So at least you can rely on that for our episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh so you want to do songs of the show? Uh yes. Let's let's. Let's. Uh my song of the show, Waves of or Wave of You by Surfaces. Surfaces is a two man band. Uh, two man artist. I don't know how to describe them. They're kind of ba- I, they're kind of rock or kind of alt, kind of indie, kind of beach. I I want to every time I hear them, I want to get on my rooftop and just listen to them. Yeah, it's summer music. Yeah, not a lot of thought into yeah. it, but it's like here's a clever way to make you think about the ocean and also make you think about a girl. Yeah, here's some vibes for you. Enjoy and them. I. I really got into them last year before my buddies and I went on a trip. So it's synonymous with that now. So I'm going to listen to every new song they put out. But Wave of You is their most recent, and it goes hard. There you go. That's a, that's a pretty good summation. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, mine is not brand new. Mine is from 1990 time. 1990 time. 1999. 1999. <laughs> bring, bring Fred Durst back into this. <laughs> uh, but, no, it's, it's by one of my favorite, like, virtuoso guitarists of all time, uh, Ingvay Malmsteen. Uh, it's Blitzkrieg off of the Alchemy album, and it just fucking, from the jump, just hits you in the face with this kind of neoclassical shredding that he's known for. Like, if you know anything about Ingvay Malmsteen, he's one of, he only plays one type of guitar. He's got a hundred of them. And, uh, he's just the biggest nerd in the history of mankind. He always wears like puffy, like Victorian shirts and wants to be like in a Victorian court. And he, but he plays, he just shreds, shreds guitar. He's, he's worth just looking at if nothing else. <laughs> I think, what's the album title? I think it's called like fire and ice or something like that. It's one of the, it's one of the stupidest album covers, but also one of the best album covers of all time. But yeah, if you like, like really, really fast, like super, he's super, super accurate guitar playing. Listen to Ingway Momstein and listen to Blitzkrieg. There you go. Yeah. Also, uh, I got my album for next week. Yeah, let's, Kev. let's hear it. Oh, I got to pull it back up. Uh, so, I'm I'm kind of cheating, kind of not. Yeah. Uh, the drummer from the album I did last week with uh, Strawberry Girls, the drummer is Ben Rossett. Uh, he also has some solo stuff. Uh, he has a most recent one from 2020 called Booster Pack, and it's 11 tracks, 21 minutes long. Yeah. So it's going to be one of the shorter ones we do, but also... I'm really excited to do it. <laughs> There's so much to it. Like, as long as it's tasty, man, it doesn't matter how long it is. Uh, the second half might get you and Ben's uh, panties a little moist. No way. We'll find out next week. Though. A, lot of, a lot of fucking sex talk this episode. Uh, you know what? It's the albums. The albums are, <laughs> are making us horny, damn it. Dirty, dirty boys we are. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm excited to listen to it. Um, so next time I do a Faith No More album, I'm going to do... You know all of the side various side projects. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it's got like twenty different side projects uh, for Mike Patton. So that's what I'll just do. That same thing you're doing this week. We could do the Faith No Mo month. Yeah. <laughs> Faith No Month. Faith, <laughs> Faith No Month. Yeah. So uh, thanks for listening, guys, and yeah. uh, we'll see you next week. See ya.
You alright? Yep. <laughs> Boys, what's up with the barking? Yeah, they were being rowdy. Goodness. What's the deal? 